What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. And we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling journalism. And of course, we are sponsored by Dragon Master Games. Visit them at dragonmastergames.com. And more importantly, I am your host of 607TWS, but I'm also the host of the 3FM Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair as he does each and every week, you know him better, though, as the host of the Ocho Duro parlay our podcast better known as the odph i'm talking about ken m 607 podcast fam what is happening what is going on what is good let us talk some pro wrestling shall we that's right it is pro wrestling talking time and uh you know it's been a kind of a slow week in pro wrestling yeah well comparatively speaking well coming off the big high that was the wwe elimination chamber and the you know fallout from that everybody else has kind of been like waiting and seeing what's going on because we do know there's a couple big events happening in march but yeah, this is kind of just a, a lull period, if I can say that. Which is fine. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's it for the last couple of weeks being very jam packed. Yeah. This week, not so much. But we still have a great show because in the main event uh, portion of the show, we will be previewing what we know so far for All Elite Wrestling's Revolution 2023. Talking about the build to that. Talking about what's going on at that event and so much more. Of course, in the mid card, we're going to hit you with that indie roundup. There's some game changer wrestling shows coming up this upcoming week, and also we're going to be reviewing Impact Wrestling's No Surrender 2023, which went down this past weekend during the mid-card as well. And of course, we're going to kick off the show in the opening contest by talking about Pro Wrestling Noah's Super Show with the, in correlation with All Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, every pro wrestling in Japan because it was Kenji Muto's final match. We are going to talk about that. Plus, before we talk about that, we're going to talk about a little bit of news that has gone Pretty much untalked about. Yeah. In the wrestling journalist world, we're going to kind of talk about maybe why, and it kind of tied into last week's rumor predictions. I guess we were a little closer on one of those rumors (laughs) than we actually thought. But before we can get into all of that and more on this week's 607 TWS, Ken M., Tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts. Check out the T Public Store. The Patreon link is right there. One tier, $2 a month. Also, Parlay Points blog section, the directory, the classified section where you can find friends of the show, such as the 3FN podcast, the music section. Basically, if it is anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And of course, if you're trying to get a hold of me and the 3FN podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. There you'll find all the social media links. You will find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little one is $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. Also, on top of that, the T Public link is there. Links to friends of the show like the ODPH is there as well. So you kind of a little double. Uh, mm-hmm dip there on top of that you can find the link uh like show pages for the 3fn podcast and 607 tws you can stream it right off of there i know you can stream them both off of odphpodcast.com as well that's kind of important to talk about yes if you don't have a specific player and you just want to stream them 
Stream them right from the website. Boom. Boom. There you go. Also, there's the musical directory, which features bands like Floodlands, whose song Ruins you hear each and every week as the theme song for 607 TWS, and also our good friend Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel closes out the show every week for 607 TWS. Make sure you're supporting those bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp, and of course, sponsors of the show. And uh, the sponsors section is on the website. They help bring the show to you commercial-free. You already heard me say it. DragonMasterGames.com for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. They are the main sponsor of 607 TWS, as well as Dubby Energy Drink. Uh, Go to W.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y.gg. And uh, get a selection of all their great energy drink pro- uh, products out there. When you get to the checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number 3FNPOD for 10% off your order. Guess what? If you want to reorder and you like what you get, use that every time at checkout and you get it 10% off every time. Can't That's beat That's what they're that. doing. So W.gg. Thank you for supporting not only just the 3FN podcast, but also 607TWS. With that, Ken, we have now come to the part of the show that I know most of the fans really like because that means we're done talking about our our, our links. Mm-hmm. We're done having a little fun chat. It's time to talk some pro wrestling because, Ken M, check your watch. It's time! That's right. It's time to kick off the opening contest here on 607TWS. And before we jump into Pro Wrestling Noah's huge wrestling show that went down this past week in Kenji Muto's last match, we have to talk about what I'm thinking and what quite possibly could be. And I, I'm going to get your opinion before we even talk about it on this. The most under-talked about news that broke this week. Yeah, this flew under the radar for a lot of people, but we have been keeping our eyes on this because I think there's a lot of telling... There's a lot going coming on this. from this. A lot going on. Here's the thing, though. It's not that it wasn't reported. Mm-hmm. It was widely reported. Mm-hmm. Everybody reported it. There's just not a lot of opinions on it, which yeah. I kind of find interesting. And there's a lot that we could be looking at in this situation. So I don't know why they're not. So let's dive into it. First of all, I teased it. So last week when we talked about rumors of people possibly going to WWE, it's WrestleMania season. We hear these rumors every every year. You know, mm-hmm. you know, this year we have the Jay White situation. Is he going to go to WWE? FTR, are they going to make their way to WWE, et cetera, et cetera, right? We last week talked about one that I thought was a little less likely. You thought was a little more likely than me, but we were both had it kind of lower compared to the other uh, prospects, and that was Kenny Omega to WWE. And we knew Kenny Omega's contract was coming up at the end of March. Yes. Uh, I have uh, Once again, this is not a publicly traded company. They don't have to give out the dates. Just doing the math back, I do believe it was Dave Meltzer giving him credit for what reporting it, that going by when he signed his initial contract, then his extension would have just kept that initial date. His end of his contract should have been the end of March, beginning of April. By beginning of April, we mean April 1st. Mm-hmm. And that is what was figured in there. Now, mind you, it could have been later. Who knows? But that is just what we've heard. So right. at the same time, I was like, well, you know what? Maybe he's just trying to get a best, the best offer. It's very smart business, not resigning right away. You know, get get to get an offer from WWE and then, you know, go back and get more money from AEW because that is the smart thing to do. That's what all free agents in every sport does. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, you know, all right, he's a free agent. Well, we didn't think much. Like I said, I gave it, I think, a 50% chance of happening. Yeah. I said probably more like 40, but I'll say 50. And I do believe you were sitting at like a 60 or 70. I was sitting at 70. Yeah. So so it was kind of like one of those interesting times. And I, I did say, and I'll say it here again, as a wrestling fan, 
mm-hmm. not as a, com- a fan of companies. I watch all this wrestling. I just want to see the best wrestling possible. As a wrestling fan, I honestly was like, hey, Omega to WWE is the more intriguing because then we get to see the matchups we haven't seen. Right. We get to see Omega versus Rollins. Mm-hmm. We get to see Omega versus Roman. We get to finally get the payoff to the story that started in New Japan, Omega versus Styles. Mm-hmm. We then also would get to see matches we saw before like Omega versus Nakamura or Omega versus Gunther or Omega versus, you know, in, in Kevin Owens, which we haven't seen in a long time. Right. Omega versus Sami Zayn, which would be a first technically, but not a first. Yeah. Because Omega's wrestled El Generico, but he's not say. wrestled Sami Zayn in his current form. So kind of like there's a lot of these interesting new opponents and opponents we haven't seen in a long time for Kenny Omega. So I thought that that was the fresh, like the fresh take, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not because I would care. If he goes back to AEW, fine. That would be fine. I'm, I'm with it. But I'm just saying from a fan's perspective, just purely fan, I'm like, hey, we get all these dream matches. You know what I mean? I That's how I looked at it. So I said, maybe there's smoke to the fire. Well, this week we found out that there was smoke to the fire. There has to be smoke for fire. And this is why I can't believe it's not being talked about. This week, AEW exercised its contractual rights to extend Kenny Omega's contract due to injury. So now Kenny Omega's contract has been extended to what we are understanding is to November right. because of the amount of time he was out for injury. Mm-hmm. So now his contract does not expire at the end of March. It expires at the end of November of 2023 because they exercised their right. Now, mind you, I'm not shitting on AEW. That was their right, and that was probably a good choice. It's probably a good choice and a bad choice. So before we go into my breaking all of this down, just on the surface, what do you think about All Elite Wrestling adding on another pretty much, I think it's like six months, give or take, for injuries and exercising that right? It's telling imagery because perception is reality. And I think that they played it smart to do it as a business decision. But I think it's also telling that by activating it, there was some pause for concern that he was going to leave. And if he leaves AEW, and especially there is still that looming cloud overhead of the brawl out uh, melee, that is playing a factor in a lot of people's decisions as it's coming across to the public, in my opinion. So the fact that it was activated, I think it was telling that there is some concern about him leaving because we saw what happened when Cody left. And to lose another big name, one of the founding fathers of AEW, would be devastating. So I want to correct myself. It's eight months. Technically, they added eight months out. Okay. If you go by the math. I wasn't going by the math earlier. I just was like, oh, I figure six, whatever. So it is eight months. We like to correct ourselves. So I'm, I apologize. I got to do that counting while you were talking. Mm-hmm. So with adding it on, here's what I'm going to say. Let's break it down. I I, I think that on, a, on, on one end, this is a smart business move. And on another end, this could be a bad business move. So in the immediate right now, this was the best decision for all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. This was the best absolute decision for Tony Khan and company at All Elite Wrestling. Here's why. If his contract is up in March, and we know they don't have no compete clauses because reasons, yeah. and they should really look into those. <laughs> oh, yeah. That means that if WWE can offer him enough money and lure him away, he gets to debut at night one or night two of WrestleMania. Even if it was April 1st, he gets to debut at night two of WrestleMania if they can get that deal done. Mm-hmm. And at very least, the Raw after. But I guarantee, just like with Cody, he would debut at Mania. Oh, they'd make a big spectacle. He'd close down night one. Well, I don't think he'd close it down. I think that he would make an appearance at some point. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think that it's going to be big enough for a main event level because the average WWE fan might not know who Kenny Omega is. I know that sounds weird, but the Universe fans don't usually watch anybody outside of WWE. 
We all know this. True. It, it would make enough thunder with the the regular fans, like us, casual fans. I, I call them casual fans because we don't pick a we don't pick a ship to lay our flag on. I guess is that why I'm going to call it casual. Okay. I shouldn't call it because we we're hardcore fans. Yeah, but, I was going to say. However you look at it, we don't have like we don't raise a flag on our ship. We watch it all, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people like us. They will know who Kenny Omega is. The people who are all elite wrestling fans who are some for some reason spending all that money to go to WrestleMania will also know who <laughs> Kenny Omega is. Don't worry, we see you while you're claiming stood on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> the same journalists that are shitting all over the E, you're going to all their events and trying to kiss ass to get to those events. You know what I mean? They're all trying to figure out how they're going to get tickets to money in the bank and when it's sold out in under a minute. We mm-hmm. know. We see you. We got you. We heard you on the internet. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Let's go in and just talk, strictly talk that uh, you know they're going to debut them there. So with AEW stopping this, the smartest thing here is, hey, A, he might not wait till you negotiate. You can't take the gamble that he goes, okay, I'm going to go talk to them and come back and give you a number. He might know that that number is going to be exponentially higher if he can re- debut at WrestleMania. So he's going to force you to give him a number quickly. Right. Because you could say, oh, well, the smarter bet would be for them to drag their feet for a couple weeks and see if he's really interested. But here's the problem. If he drag, they drag their feet for more than a day and they're offering him the world and a big WrestleMania debut, he's going to sign without getting the, the, the other offer. Mm-hmm. So – AEW is in a rock and a hard place, in my opinion, because either you're going to have to negotiate with a man in a short period of time yeah. <laughs> to keep him away from your competitor on your competitor's biggest show when the most eyeballs are on their product, which is WrestleMania. Even if they decide to debut him on the Raw after and make the Raw after a, a huge event again, which Triple H says that that's what he wants to do this year, that would have been a great cornerstone for that Raw after even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Either way, that's when all the eyes are on the product. Yeah. Because people watch WrestleMania, then they watch the Raw after. <laughs> like. Your eyes, you know, the most eyes, and your guy walks out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a good look. So on the on the short term business end, this is a tremendous, phenomenal move. I applaud Tony Khan and the people in charge for doing the right thing. A lot of times he drops the ball on business, thinks people are his friends, thinks to whatever. The one thing that it looks like he, if this is decision is based in that business, maybe he's getting smarter to the business, which we've been telling him to get smarter on. Yeah. That's that's where I applaud AEW on it. And people are like, oh, they're holding the hostage. No, it's their contractual right. Yeah, it's legal. He missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. He missed more than eight months. Yeah. They technically, you know, but that's, that's the most I guess they can get out of that contract. I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Now, where it's the downside, and then I get your opinions on these, is what does this do to Kenny Omega? So here's the bad part. <laughs> now you are holding him hostage in a way. In his mind, probably, there is a lot of things that have been rubbing him the, the wrong way. We know this. They're documented. It's not like, you know, there was he was upset about the video game stuff. He was upset about the women's division stuff. And he's been upset about the CM Punk stuff in recent memory. There's quite a few things that we know that Mr. Omega has not been happy about. If you don't believe us, just check out past Twitch streams he's done. You can find the highlights and clips mm-hmm. and also check out his tweets. Yeah. He's not he's not a guy who minces words. Very, very public about it. The only thing he was really quiet about was the CM Punk stuff, but we all know how he felt. Yes. So here's the situation where you're going, I don't know if he was intending on leaving, but I know that he was intending on doing the smart business thing. And the smart business thing is to get the most money you can. How do you do that? You go to the competitor, you see if there's an interest, they're going to offer you, which I'm pretty sure there's an interest. Mm -hmm. And then you go back to AEW and say, here's what they're offering. Can you meet or beat? And then at that point in juncture, they have the right to either meet or beat her or give you their best offer and try to get you to stay. And then you can make your decision. 
that's how negotiations work. Right. When you can take that number back to the E as well, and you can try to fetch yourself the best number possible. That is how business works. That's how everybody should handle business. There shouldn't be any of this loyalty. Like I, I love when, you know, it's, it's a great ideal world when you think that in business, there should be some loyalty or some, you know, this is the company that made you, you should stick with them. No, no, no. This is a business mm-hmm. and you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed that the next time you step in the ring could be the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not ballet, as we always point out. Right. A freak accident could happen and it could end your career. How many guys, you know, did Edge think that his career was going to end for for a decade pretty much mm-hmm. uh, before that WrestleMania main event? You know, did, not knowing that was his last match. Same with Steve Austin. Prior to his last match that we just had last year at Mania. Right. Think about it. WrestleMania 19 was his last true match. Yeah. He didn't know about that. No, he didn't know that was going to happen. No, your business is your own personal brand. So, so here's the thing, you know, and, and I'm saying this all hardly, like loyalty is respected, but loyalty works two ways. Right. If you're going to be loyal to the company, they should be loyal to you, which means they should make sure you're paid. They should make sure that you're favored. That's how they're loyal to you. There's, the reason The Undertaker never left WWE is because Vince paid him more money mm-hmm. and kept him in place. The reason Shawn Michaels never jumped ship with his boys to, to uh, WCW, not just because he was injured, but before then, it was because he was getting paid. He was getting paid what he thought he was worth. WCW wasn't going to offer him the same amount, which they would have been smart to. Right. And we're going to be cool. We're going to be cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what AEW has to do in these situations. This is not on the wrestlers. And and I know AEW fans, you're flying the flag for your favorite federation. I get it. I understand. But also you should fly the flag for your favorite wrestlers. And the, the reason why having two major companies in the United States is such a big deal is because these guys can now leverage and get the deals they were not getting. And I think that that's what Mr. Omega was doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if he was going to go to WWE. As you, I pointed out before, I was 50-50 on it. But I knew he was going to go try to get a deal. So here's the problem. Now, <laughs> we know that there's problems. We know that he was going to at least take the offer and try to get the best money he can. And now they're holding him hostage. This might be another one of those situations, however, where the smart move was to keep him out of mania. But in November, you might've just given him the reason to leave. You might've just given him the reason for WWE to offer him just enough money that he goes, I'm out the door. It's an interesting scenario. And I think in this play, he's going to be building up for his eventual testing the waters. And it all depends on how AEW does business with him the rest of this year until that contract is done. Because we don't know the future of CM Punk involving AEW. We only have speculation. There's some speculation and rumors, but we don't know fact. Right. So that is a very big factor in what Omega is going to do. And depending on how he personally feels about it is going to be the tipping point of whether he stays or goes, in my opinion. Like, that is something that has been literally a game changer for him and everybody involved with it since last August. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the thing, though. AEW has a time. That's mm-hmm. the nice thing. They bought themselves some time. <laughs> right. The first thing is, I think this is a very smart move by All Elite Wrestling. I will, I will, I will champion that from the mountains. Even though I, I, I like the fact that wrestlers get to leverage and I'm all about guys going back and forth. I'm all about guys making the most money they can. Here's what I'm saying. Right now is a bad time to let your rival (laughs) take one of your top pieces when they're in the most focal point of their year. So kudos to them to execute that because he was 
obviously he told them he had no intentions of re-signing blindly. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they went to him. I, I can only assume. Right. I'm going to assume that good business happened and they went to him to re-sign or extend it. They extended it once. So I think that they went, hey, we're here to re-sign you to extend your contract out. Here's what we're looking at. You know, let's make this deal happen. And I think what Kenny did was go, well, here's the thing. I love it here. I respectfully love it here. However, it's, it's worth testing the waters outside. Mm-hmm. Now the WWE is working with Japan. There's a possibility that I can do a couple dates for New Japan. Now that WWE is open to doing a few other things and Triple H is there, I, I creative's looking good. I want a piece of that bloodline money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and I understand not every feud is going to be that way, but there's great storytelling going on all over WWE right now. The bloodline just happens to be that peak one. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's looking at that. However, you know, most importantly, I just want to see what the offer is. I want to see what our competitor has me valued at because then that determines what you have me valued at. You could be offering me a million dollar contract, you know, $1 million a year for three years, but maybe they're going to offer me 2 million. Hmm. So I'm now worth 2 million, not 1 million. So then if you want to keep me, you got to come in at 2.5 or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not smart business to just take what you're offered. Even if it's a big number, WWE could hear, Oh, well they offered you a million and go, okay, we offer you five. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but they could do it. But there's the possibility. And how dumb of a business move. And I'm sorry, even though people out there prefer things, put yourself in the business position. Put yourself, Ken, and I know you'll have no problem doing this, and I'm just saying to people at home that might be a fan of a specific thing, put yourself in a position where your job right now, you're actually, fuck it, just say you're a pro wrestler. Sure. You're Kenny Omega. Your contract is up. You're a hot free agent. Your job comes to you. Like I said, we don't know. I'm. This is all speculation. I'm mm-hmm. just saying we'll just throw out. We're going to throw out basic numbers. Yeah. Your company says, "Hey, let's resign you. One million dollars a year for three years. That's great money. Mm-hmm. That's fuck it. I don't know if he was making that before or more. Plus, you got all these other things. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go test the waters. And because the company wants to compete, they offer you fucking four million. And then you come back and they're like, man, we can't do more than two and a half. You know, maybe you take the pay cut if you really believe in what you're doing, but man, that $4 million sounds like a lot. And once again, these are made up numbers, but that's what WWE is going to do. They're going to jack the price up. Oh, of course. Because you're either going to sign with them because they give you a great offer, or they're going to make sure their competitor pays you more so it kind of hurts their pocketbook. Right. At the end of the day, that's what Tony Khan should be doing. And but unfortunately, and maybe he will in the future. But unfortunately, we know what happened when Randy Orton did that. Mm-hmm. And then he criticized Randy Orton. Randy's like, dude, you had a chance. It wasn't like I was guaranteed to go back. You could have offered me a nut offer, and you didn't. At the end of the day, you offered me $2 million, and WWE offered me 4 Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, or, or whatever it was, because I don't know what his contract is. Right, but, but, you they, know what I mean? but they outbid him. He said, and I even told you what they offered me. You had the rebuttal. Yeah. You know, if you could have gone to a level where you paid me five, six, seven million dollars, and maybe WWE goes, man, Randy Orton's too old for us to pay him that much. Mm-hmm. It's true. And yeah, you're on the hook, but game changer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you I mean, want to talk about game changers. And and so why criticize the guy for doing that? That is how business works. And this is from a motherfucker. And I'm sorry to drop, I haven't dropped a lot of swear words yet, but come on. Who owns or is a management member of an NFL team? Sorry, his dad owns a team. Mm-hmm. You should know how contracts work because that's how real sports work. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that wrestling isn't a real sport. No, but, but it's a real compar- business. In comparison to the NFL. Yeah. But it's a real business and you have to go for the best offer that's given because you have to know what your own value is. When you go on the open market, you're going to go around to every competitor you have and say, okay, I'm a free agent. If you want me to come to your organization, your team, whatever it is, 
What do you have for me? There's only one way you keep somebody in the NFL, and that's if you give them that nut deal. Mm-hmm. And the nut deal is I'm going to make you the highest paid currently. Now, mind you, you're not going to stay highest paid because that's what other people are going to do. Sure. So, you know, if let's just use the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence's contract's going to come up in a couple years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to go, well, Trevor, you should just want to stay here in beautiful Jacksonville because we've been so nice to you. No, Trevor Lawrence, with his numbers right now currently, probably is going to seek the, the highest quarterback deal you can get, yeah. which currently is $50 million. I don't know if he'll get that, but at the same point in juncture, if you want to keep him without him going to test free agency, you're going to have to offer him whatever the top tier dollar is, mm-hmm. whether it's a $30 million a year contract, $40 million, whatever it is. Right. You're going to have to offer him that deal up front so he knows he's the highest paid quarterback for the moment. Mm-hmm. Because obviously that's going to change, but that's where he's going to want to be. If not, he's going to test free agency. That doesn't mean he can't re-sign him, but he's going to go see if another team is going to give him that money. Exactly. That is what's happening here. For the first time since WCW was in business, we're finally getting that bidding war, so WWE cannot continue just to be the top dog and hoard everybody, and neither can AEW. Mm -hmm. I understand it was a popular destination. We talked about this years ago. Inconvenient truth time, folks. This is why we call it right down the middle. This show has been a long, around for a long time. For those of you who've been with us for a long time, thank you. For those of you just starting up, thank you. But trust me, if you go back in the archives, we talked a long time ago about how everybody was the hot thing to do was to go to All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We said back then, and we're saying it now, eventually the other shoe would drop. Yep. And eventually those contracts in AEW would expire, and then you would start to see it go the other way as well. It's going to be a two-way street. This is one of those first chips. I mean, Cody Rhodes was technically the first chip. Yeah, Cody was, but you think about the founding fathers of AEW. Like That's what makes this move so interesting from a fan perspective because perception is reality. When you have those founding fathers, and you have to include Kenny in that conversation because he was technically the quote-unquote big free agency signing. Remember, they had the— He was the first big signing. Yeah, they had the press conference in Vegas and mm-hmm. you know before the Jacksonville one or after the Jacksonville one. But still, he was the big name they brought in specifically for that. The fact if he goes, what does that mean to what you've built up and your surround? Like I say, the brand that you've built, you're starting to see just a lot of holes start forming, in my opinion. Well, here's the thing. Like I said, in in wrapping this up to get on to other things, mm-hmm. because I we're gonna have to keep our eyes on it because this is gonna now play out in November. So once again, and this is wholeheartedly. AEW did the best thing for business for AEW right now. Yep. It's the same thing with where we're talking about right now. We're getting to NFL time with trades and everything going on. We're going to see franchise tags dropping soon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to franchise somebody because you don't want them to leave. Right. You might not be able to get the deal done, but you can force them to stay another year, mm-hmm. which then you can either trade them off or and get something for them, or you know it gives you a year to buy some time to possibly get to your ducks in order and get yep. a deal going. And what that's basically, and I know there's no free, you know, there's no, you know, clause like that in wrestling, but that's basically what they did with enforcing this. Mm. It was a smart business move. Keep them there. Now, what your job is right now, AEW, is to remind him in the next eight months why AEW is his home to then try to get him an offer. I wouldn't wait until November. Try to get him whatever he wants. What do you want? What do you want? What's going to take for you to stay here without even seeking the deal out there? What is it going to be? And and that's what you need to work on. Here's the thing. In November, he might not have that. He might say, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. So you haven't from now until November. The coolest part about this is at the end of November, your next big event is until the end of January, and that is the Royal Rumble. And I don't think they're going to sit on him for two months. Right. So therefore, you know, it's better than WrestleMania, but it still creates the problem because next year he'll have a big marquee match at Mania. Mm-hmm. 
but it puts it off a year. Especially with right now, the momentum for WWE, let's be honest, even if you don't like them, they are white hot right now. Oh yeah. They they are they're past, you know, you know, red hot. They are white hot right now. If you know anything about fires, that is the hottest of fire burns mm-hmm. when the flame is white. So, that is where they're at right now. You don't need to give them more fuel for that fire. So, smart move by AEW. Once again, in November it might come back to bite them in the ass. However, it's smart for right now, and that's what you have to play for sometimes. It's a great short-term deal. The only thing I would fear for them is just depending on how they tie in the CM Punk situation. I know it's a different area, but it's still going to be a big factor in the decision moving forward and what ramifications can come from this. Hey, buying you time. Let me give, yeah. the, let me give you this because I know you're going to love this one. I compare this completely to Lamar Jackson getting that franchise tag. I fully anticipate him getting the franchise tag because why wouldn't Baltimore want something in return? Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm comparing that to. It might Great this, analogy. And I understand the relationship with Lamar and the Ravens is really rough mm-hmm. and franchising him is going to make it rougher. Yeah. However, you can't care. And that is what AEW, I think. And th- if this is the way they're going to go forward. Kudos to Tony because this is a good move for him. This is showing that the inmates aren't running the fucking asylum, yeah. but the business means more at the end of the day. And I agree with this completely. However, with that decision, you have to understand it might bite you in the ass in November. No, great, but once again, great comparison. Not yeah, in I mean. mania time though. Mm-hmm. Which is perfect. So kudos to AEW for the decision now. And the ball's going to be in Kenny Omega's court. So we're going to find out in November. And in between now and then, there's a lot of other chips. Yeah. <laughs> there's the FTR. There's the hangman pages of the world. And if you don't think WWE is going after all of those, it, 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 you're, you're fucking mistaken. And uh, my one criticism I will give uh, is a tease, because we'll talk about it a little more during the main event segment, mm-hmm. is that, you know, you hear me say about icing somebody off. You know, before they go somewhere else is a smart idea. What they did with FTR, though, I think is not smart icing them off. And uh, we'll talk about that more later as a little tease for the main event because we need to move on because we have a review to do here. Yes. And, of course, that review is of the um, event that just went down this past week. It was KG Mudo's final, uh, grand final pro wrestling last love event from Pro Wrestling Noah in association with... Let's be honest, every major <laughs> Japan company, All Japan was a part of this. DDT was a part of this. Uh, New Japan was a part of this. Everybody, uh, Joshi Pro was a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's be honest, we, they had a hell of a lineup. Uh, it was, it was t- tremendous. It was so tremendous that they had to go to the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get uh, Wrestle Kingdom numbers. Uh, only 30,096 in attendance, but that's still a lot of people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying for those that thought they was going to get Wrestle Kingdom, it didn't. And uh, after they found out what happened on the show, I bet you that there's uh, about 20,000 people that would have been at a Wrestle Kingdom that didn't go to this that are like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I should have been there. Want to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. We got three pre-show matches. First up, we had uh, Masa Kitamaya and Daiki Inaba defeat Yoshiki Inomura and Yasusuke Yano. Uh, seven minutes and 21 seconds in a tag team matchup. Uh, next, we had an eight-man's women tag brought to you by Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Uh, Yuka Sazazaki, Mio Yamashi- Yamasha, Shako Nakajima, and Rika Tatsunomi defeated the team of Mizuki, Maki Ito, Mayo Watanobe and Yuki Arai in 11 minutes and 38 seconds. Okay. Very good match, by the way. Uh, if you're not familiar with Japanese Joshi wrestling, I know mm. AEW brings it over. It's been a while since they brought it it's over been a like while. In, its, in its entirety. Check it out. I think you'd be really impressed. I know you already know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we had the final pre show match six man tag action. The good looking guys, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green <laughs> defeated. 
uh, Segura Gun, uh, Takahishi Segura and uh, Timothy Thatcher and Kojima. Of course, Kojima and Segura were the tag champions. And now Thatcher and Segura are the tag champions because Kojima said, you know what? I'm done with pro wrestling Noah. Yeah, that was... That's an interesting situation. Very respectful, but an odd moment. And judging by the look on uh, Segura's face, I don't think he knew it was coming. Yeah, it just didn't feel rehearsed. Like, this just seemed like live in the moment. So I don't know what was going on there, but interesting to watch moving forward. Let's keep our eyes on that for the future. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, Next up was a 10-man tag match to be the first match of the actual main card. Uh, On one side, you had the Stinger team of Yoshinari Agawa, Hayata and Chris Ridgway with Ida and Daga, and they defeated Atushi Kotaja, Yohei, Siki Yasuka, Alejandro, and Wanta Mikawaki in 6 minutes and 23 seconds. This is like everybody in this match, junior heavyweights, they flew all over the fucking place. Mm. Exciting first match. Next up was an eight-man tag team extravaganza. You know Mm. I had to drop it in there sometimes. Uh, The 3-7 Kamina, Mayo Shunmina, Katsumara, Yuki Unoa and Toi Kojima defeated Burning Tetsuo Endo, Yui Kuroka with Hideki Okatani and Takeshi Masada. Nine minutes and six seconds. Another very good match. Mm-hmm. Next up, we had a six-man tag team match. And this match, ladies and gentlemen, was DDT versus <laughs> Pro Wrestling Noah as uh, the team of Marafuji, El Hijo Day, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr., and Ninja Kamikaze Mac, representing Pro Wrestling Noah, defeated the DDT team of the Z-Brats, Shun Skywalker, Kai, and Diamante, 11 minutes and 20 seconds. This was a great match. This was a phenomenal match. Next, we had a another uh, battle, as this, this time, though, Pro Wrestling Noah versus All Japan Pro Wrestling mm. in a six-man tag. The Congo team of Kano, Kachisuke Nakajima, and Minoba Soa defeated the team of Kento Miyayara, Suwama, and Yuma Agoyi. 15 minutes and 37 seconds. Next up, we had the first of many, in, in a row, by the way, New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah events. And this one was a tag team extravaganza. And this was also a retirement match. Yeah. So on the uh, on the on the New Japan side, we had the Bullet Club team of uh, Taiji Ishimori and Gaido defeat the Tokyo Gurantai, Nosawa Rungai, and Mazada in four minutes and forty three seconds. And uh, Rungai uh, said his goodbyes. That was a retirement match. Yeah, I did not hear anything about this prior, and then saw it happen. Like, whoa, what's going on here? I just want to point this out. This is the first of two surprise retirements. Yeah, and then of course the surprise of uh, Kojima saying, "I'm done at Pro Wrestling Noah." Yeah, that was the, the that was probably the wildest moment of this weekend. In a battle of the junior heavyweights from New Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah, your IWGP junior heavyweight champion, the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi, defeated Pro Wrestling Noah's junior heavyweight champion, Amakusa, 11 minutes and two seconds. This match was everything we want, and I want more. I want to see this ran back. I want more. Speaking of champion versus champion, once again, New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah. Your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, defeated the Pro Wrestling Noah or GHC World Heavyweight Champion, Kaido Kiyomaya, in 16 minutes and 32 seconds. Hey, they came together and worked this match. They made it happen. That was the one thing I was watching this entire time. I'm like, are they, are they going to make this work? And sure enough, they did. Great and, match. And I'm starting to think Heel Okada could be a thing. Yeah. He was healing out. He was healing out in the build to this. He was healing out during this match. Now, I understand that he's doing this in pro wrestling Noah and mm-hmm. not in New Japan. But if I'm New Japan, I might look at WWE with Roman Reigns and go, maybe we turn Okada heel. 
it would be a great swerve to do it. And I think he can run with it. I mean, he's testing the waters a little bit, but it's paying off. Like, I'm not saying it's a home run right away, but I like where it's going if he goes this route. And, of course, the main event of the evening in KG Muto's retirement match. KG Muto would take on New Japan Wrestling's, more importantly, the leader of Los Ingrenables de Japón, Tetsuo Naito, at the end of the day, 28 minutes, 58 seconds. Yeah. I am not bullshitting you. Tetsuo Naito defeats Keiji Muto in his retirement match. And uh, before we go on, because there's something, there's a bit of a surprise that happened after. Uh, this was a really good match. I understand Muto is not moving at the speed he used to. Right. But he still hung in there with Naito. Naito, by the way, perfect choice of an opponent. Mm-hmm. Naito slowed it down when he had to, sped it up when he needed to, really elicited the reaction of the crowd. And, and one of the very few things that Naito can do, I, in my opinion, better than most wrestlers on the planet, if not the best, in soliciting whatever reaction he wants. He, he, he went heel when he had to go heel. He was face when he had to be face because it wasn't really a heel versus a face match. Right. Obviously, Naito is also love, but he understood at times when the crowd was booing him, it's because their love for Muto, he let that breathe, mm-hmm. and he let the cheering breathe, and at the end of the match, very good respect out of Muto, and of course, Naito, surprisingly enough, with a with a wonderful sign of respect, how'd you feel about the match? Love the match, and I thought Naito definitely was working the crowd in all the right areas, too, because just somebody that truly understands the craft, because when the heel moments were coming in, he was laying into him, and like I say... It wasn't like a heel versus face, but he was definitely reading the reactions. Absolutely. And And I think just elevated the story. I agree. I can't agree 100%. Well, here's something we didn't mention earlier. On commentating throughout the night, the Japanese commentary, of course, I watched the English commentary, but on commentary the whole night, I marked out for it because I'm a big fan. Uh, New Japan executive Masahiro Chono mm-hmm. was on the Japanese commentary all night. Of course, Masahiro Chono, one of the original four musketeers with Keiji Muto, right. uh, one of the legendary wrestlers. I know most people in the States only remember him from the NWO. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you that's if your only recollection of him is WCW, I, I implore you, yeah, you to go need. out and find some Masahiro Chono matches. Need of to. course, not only was he a legend in New Japan, where he still works as an executive, he was also a legend in pro wrestling. Noah giving us some great matches between himself and Kenta Kobashi. Uh, once again, go find those matches right. if you've never seen them. Mm-hmm. Also, himself and and, uh, and uh, Masawa had some burners. So, if you don't know who Masahiro Chono is, you should. I'm a huge Masahiro Chono. Behind Mudo, probably my my second favorite Japanese wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been very public about that. So Masahiro Chono is outside the ring. Now we're expecting Mudo to give his farewell speech because that's what happens after a retirement match. Uh, sure. He starts, <laughs> to give, he starts to give the retirement speech, and then he catches the eye of Masahiro Chono and says, listen, maybe I have one more in me against you right now. And Masahiro Chono gives him... Okay, maybe we do. And uh, so Masahiro Chono defeats Keiji Muto by submission in one minute and 37 seconds. Yeah. It was not meant to be a barn burner. Right, right, right. Masahiro Chono's in very bad shape. I mean, over the years, he's had double knee replacement. I know he's had a hip replacement. He's had a lot of he's work. He's had back surgery. Yeah. He's, 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 he's getting up there. He was not officially retired, though. Until the until that night, so not only did uh, Mudo retire, uh, Masahiro Chono said this was also his last match, and he was retiring as well. So it was kind of a nice little send off between two old friends, ending starting their career together in the dojo together, mm-hmm. ending their career together. So it was kind of like this perfect symmetry. I thought it was a great moment. I, I I'm not gonna lie, I didn't cry, but I had tears. Because uh, I, I, it's just kind of such a beautiful thing to see two people who came in together, leave together. How'd you feel about the Masa Chono uh, end perfect. of the match? It's perfect. And just knowing their history together, it just really put 
the perfect closure to the moment and to the careers and and just being a fan of pro wrestling like it's just one of those times you're going to sit back and watch and this is why we get so invested in wrestlers and you know the storylines and everything they've done and to see those two retire in that manner like we weren't expecting them to go a 15 minute match it was just an, a perfect way to send it off and say goodbye to the fans one last time Absolutely. Well, with that being said, that is going to do it for our opening segment. We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to hit you up with a mid card. We're going to preview Game Changer Wrestling's big upcoming weekend, also Jersey Championship Wrestling, because they also have a show as well. And of course, we're also going to review Impact Wrestling's No Surrender after this break. We're back from break to bring you the mid card of this week, 607-TWS. That's right, Ken M's on that pace. He's driving. He's getting in there. And there's only one thing that means we're going to get ready to talk about the Indie Roundup. And, of course, the Indie Roundup is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.tv. More specifically, Fight Plus. For As of right now, by the way, you might want to get in because they're going to be raising the price on Fight Plus soon. Really? Just found out. I do not have the exact price that they're raising it to. But they are going to be raising the price. I got an email from Fight this week that said that, uh, of all things, it said thank you for being a f- faithful and loyal Fight Plus uh, subscriber. And uh, we are increasing the price, but... Because you've been with us so long and you've been happy, we've been happy to have you and we're thankful to you. Your price will not be going up ever as long as you don't cancel. Oh, so I am awesome. locked into $4.99. I don't know if you join now if you're locked into $4.99, but for those of us who are already joined, $4.99. But I'm going to say the, at most, I think this is going to go up to $9.99. I don't know if they're going to go all the way that high. But even if it goes up to $9.99, folks, it is the best value in wrestling. Without question, if you are a pro wrestling fan, you should be subscribed to Fight Plus. The amount of independent pro wrestling you get, and you get everybody for the most part, is enough that if you're not a WWE fan, if you're not an AEW fan, you have true alternatives to watch. And that's just talking wrestling, not along with everything else they're offering. Like, there is no deal that even comes close to this. Like I said, just in the pro wrestling world, you get the largest independent in the world today, Game Changer Wrestling, which we'll be talking about momentarily. But also, you get also gigantic indies like Black Label Pro, mm-hmm. 
Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW, uh, Wrestling Revolver, Glory Pro Live. We would be covering the event this week, but we're actually recording during it because of a snowstorm coming to the Northeast. Just so you guys know, we did not forget about our good friends at Glory Pro. Right. We will give that an update. I know it's going to be a little uh, later on, but we will talk about it next week. Unfortunately, we are recording during the time that it's on. That's why you guys are also getting the show early. Uh, just to throw that out there, I don't want to th- our friends over at Glory Pro to think that we don't love them still because we very much do love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's going on. you got so much going on over there and more being added and archives being added. So even if they raise it to 999, which I don't have the final price point, it could just be going up to 899. If you have the chance now, get in while it's 499. You mm-hmm. might be grandfathered in. I know all of us who have already been a Barts are already being grandfathered in. That's not just because we uh, do these plugs for them that we're getting grandfathered in. Everybody that's at 499 got that email from what I'm understanding. How cool so, is that? So don't cancel and you get to keep it for 499. Mm-hmm. So it's a great deal in pro wrestling. So thank you, Fight Plus, And also thank you for uh, doing what you do. And let's talk about Game Changer Wrestling. They got three huge shows going down from the Carousel Room in Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's right. All three events will be going down from the home of Game Changer Wrestling, the Carousel Room, at the Showboat Hotel and Game Room. Mm. Pretty soon, by the way, to be the largest water park on the East Coast, indoor water park. I just got that email. In the summer of 2023, that's what they've been working on down there. They're building the largest indoor water park. So you can book your destination to the Showboat. So they don't need a casino they're going water park and they have the world's largest arcade already and plus an indoor uh go-kart track and uh, definitely events it's worth going to the showboat just throwing it out there oh absolutely they're, they're, they're not they're, they don't they don't pay me shit but i love going to the showboat there is a certain energy when you walk in that building seriously that you can't describe so we got three shows coming up i'm going to give you when they're going down because then we're just going to talk about them individually uh so first off starting it off kicking it off on saturday march 4th jersey championship wrestling jcw presents march madness and that's going to go down at 2 p.m. on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. That is not on Fight. That is on the YouTube channel. Absolutely free for everybody. Uh, then, of course, that later that night, Saturday, March 4th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is on Fight Plus. Game Changer Wrestling will present Holy Smokes. And on Sunday, 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 March the 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, also over on Fight Plus, they are giving you Ransom. So you can watch that before you watch uh, all Elite Wrestling's pay-per-view revolution on Sunday. So there you go. You can also watch Holy Smokes probably if you don't watch the prelims for the uh, <laughs> UFC fight. So take your pick. So that is the, the dates and times. The Of course, both Game Changer Wrestling shows on Fight Plus, the JCW show on the YouTube channel on Saturday at 2 p.m. Are you ready to break down these cards? Can't wait to or talk about Or what we know it. of them so far. Yep. So let's talk first of all for JCW. Uh, first off, we have uh, March Madness going down at 2 p.m. Like I said, at the Carousel Room. Uh, we've uh, been announced... The Prize City OG, Alec Price, will be taking on CPA. Ooh, that'd be a good match. Sawyer Wreck is going to go one-on-one with Bam Sullivan. Oh, shit. That's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. In a two out of three falls match, Space Jesus, Billy Starks, will go one-on-one against Janai Kai. Ooh, two out of three falls? Yes, two out of three falls. Oh, that's going to be good. Making his return to Jersey Championship Wrestling, the man that we know from Black Label Pro and, of course, AIW, where he's got all those belts. That's right. The big man, Rip City Shooter, Joshua Bishop, is going to go one-on-one with a big adversary because he's taking on Big F and Vin. Oh, damn. That's right. Of course, uh, we we have a lot of re- – by the way, I want to give a shout-out. There's a lot of lot of returns for this event. I, I don't know how they're pulling it off, but they're, they are 
pulling out all the stops as uh, Young Dumb and Broke is in a tag team matchup against the main event. That's right, the House of Glory World Tag Team Champions, Ooh, the main event. Okay. And I better hope that that's them this time. I think it's them, considering the fact that it's spelled M-A-N-E event, so maybe if, as long as it's not a typo. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Griffin McCoy of Young Dumb and Broke is going to go one-on-one with the Mecca. Ooh, get ready for that one. Plus, Carlos Ramo. And Wasted Youth are announced. They have do, do, do not have matches currently. And I'm also assuming, I'm also assuming your Jersey Championship Wrestling mm-hmm. champion, Jordan Oliver, will be in attendance. And maybe, maybe not having the belt online, but definitely in attendance. What are you thinking about the breakdown for March Madness? Solid card. And a lot of familiar faces coming back, which is awesome to see. But I am curious to see who Jordan Oliver is going to defend against. I can't see him not defending that belt since he just won it. Me as well. I I, I can't wait to see. All right. Now we're going to go to the very next show. It's going to be Holy Smokes. That's going down Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, once again from Atlantic City. Here's what we got announced so far. I want to point this out. For the first time since she joined the MDK, Maki Ito will be returning to the Carousel Room in Game Changer Wrestling. Is she coming out to whom the bell tolls? I don't know. I just know she's coming back. Okay. Well, Daddy has got, you know, we thought that these issues with Charles Mason would be over. Not quite yet. Daddy's got to go up against one of uh, the hired henchmen in the past for one Charles Mason, he's going one-on-one with Slade. Oh. I thought he was in jail. I did too. Then you never know with him. I, I mean, not in real life. We, let's be honest. We're, we're talking kayfabe. Right, because uh, the last time we heard... They, he got a removed for attacking people on the boardwalk. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is all storyline. Yeah, I don't want people line. to think that the, the Game Changer Wrestling has got people under eye like that. Uh, but next up, we have a Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championship match. Your champions, Los Macisos, Miedo Extremo, and Ciclope are going to be defending those belts against the legendary, hopefully soon to be Independent Pro Wrestling Hall of Famers. I'm throwing that karma out in the world. The SATs. Love this match. I can't wait to see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I think he's finally going to get his face kicked in. All that stuff that all heart, Blake Christian, has been doing. Is probably going to catch up to him because he's going to take on the Death Samurai Akira. That is going to be a great match. Next up, we have the return, and it's on the line, ladies and gentlemen. On the line, Game Changer Wrestling Ultra Violent Championship has returned. It's on the line. Your champion, Rina Yamisha, is going to defend the title against. A woman who has been making her name worldwide in the deathmatch community. That's of course would be Casey Kirk. Oh, damn! That's right. That, yeah, Casey Ooh, Kirk that. versus the one and only Rena Yamasha, and the belt is on the line. That match is going to get out of control real quick. I can't wait to see that one. Making her debut from DDT, Venny. She's going to go one on one with the bad boy Joey Janella. All right, that'll be a fun match. Now also making his return from Japan, the sauce, Alex Zane, goes one-on-one with the AAA mega champion, El Vikingo, El Hijo del Vikingo, sorry. Match of the weekend. I'm just so used to calling him Vikingo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen Alex back, and that is a big test for him. But for the death match, a hopeful out there, you're going to be very sad but very glad. It was announced this past week, or two weeks ago technically now, Drew Parker is leaving Deathmatch Wrestling. He is no longer going to be uh, participating in Deathmatch. He's not leaving wrestling, mm-hmm. just Deathmatch Wrestling. He wants to see where he can go as a pure wrestler, if you will. 
And uh, he announced that his last death match will be for Game Changer Wrestling. And it will be coming up at this show, Holy Smokes, in the carousel room. As we get in the final death match of his career, possibly. Asterix. We shouldn't shouldn't ever say final, but this is what he's saying so far. Drew Parker goes one-on-one. With the Duke of Hardcore, John, John Wayne Murdoch. Perfect opponent if this is the end. Even if it's not, this is still going to be an amazing match. I am interested to see because Drew Parker can go no matter what. So see them say farewell to the deathmatch uh, circuit there. That's going to be a, a weird moment for me to watch because, I mean, that's how I've always seen him. But, I mean, he can definitely go in the ring. So great way to send him off. Absolutely, and I, I want to say this. I think that uh, we're going to see a great match either way, and I can't wait for this match. This is one of those things that I'm very big on is is checking out these great talents, and Drew Parker's a great talent. I, I'm happy that we're going to still get to see him wrestle, but John Wayne Murdoch, also a great deathmatch wrestler, so mm. it's going to be tremendous. Let's talk about Sunday, 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 going down at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Of course, that is Game Changer Wrestling Ransom. And uh, let's talk in reverse order of how they have them listed because it seems to be the order. The bad boy Joey Janela goes one-on-one with one of the members of the Kirks. It could be Casey, could be Brandon. Hmm. I guess it's going to re- figure out what happens with Yamasha the night before. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's going to play a big factor. The uh, number one contender for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion, Masa Slamovich, makes her last Game Changer Wrestling match before her title shot on March the 17th in New York City against Nick fucking Gage. She takes on the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Masha all day. But this is going to be a great match, though, too. Next up in a uh, six-woman extravaganza. On one side, we have the Japanese wrestling team made up of DDT plus, of course, Freedoms. Because obviously, you're reigning. Maybe she, maybe she doesn't have the belt anymore here, but mm. you're reigning Game Changer Wrestling Ultraviolet Champion Rina Yamasha teaming with Maki Ito and Venny. And they will be taking on the team of Janai Kai, Space Jesus, Billy Starks, and Sawyer Wreck. That's going to be a phenomenal match. It's going to be a great match. That's going to be awesome. Well, we said Drew Parker was having his final death match. He's going to step into the world of pure wrestling, if you will, because that's, I guess, what you call it, uh, is he's going to make that first jump. And guess who he gets to fight? Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, what? Speedball versus Drew Parker. Holy smokes. Welcome to the world of uh, traditional wrestling, I guess. Yeah. Man, that's going to be a phenomenal. That's going to be an amazing match. And in the first of our double main event, because there's a double main event at Ransom, the first, it will be for the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Your boys, Los Macizos, your champions, Ciclope, Miedo, Extremo, that's if they still have the belts after the SATs the night before. Mm-hmm. They're going to defend those belts against a team right now that's collecting belts because they're your reigning Impact World Tag Team Champions. They're your reigning NJPW uh, Strong Tag Team Champions. They are the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Man, this is going to be such a cool match. I will go out on a limb and say a new. Yeah, even though I love uh, Los Macisos. I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see this match. Faux shout. This is definitely going to be my lead-in for uh, Revolution. Uh, yeah. I'm probably going to be with you watching this and then going, man, Revolution's got a long hill to back up. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the main event yet. No. Because the other of the double main event, in a steel cage. And by the way, this is the first steel cage match not named War Games for Game Changer Wrestling in quite some time. Or Cage of Death. 
Right. Well, that's cage, cage of, of survival. survival. COS, the same difference. But yes, but that's not a traditional cage. This True. is a traditional cage match, by the way. And in that cage, we're going to get this blow off to the grudge that's become as Ali Catch goes one on one with Charles Mason. Oh. <laughs> There's going to be no help for Charles Mason and nowhere to run. Take my money now. I can't wait for this one. So, Game Changer Wrestling overall. Three great shows. Well, one Jersey Championship Wrestling. Right, but right. But still tied but in. Still tied in. in. Game Changer Wrestling. How you feeling about the Game Changer Wrestling weekend? If you needed a reason to sign up for Fight Plus, there it is. Drew Parker, Speedball Mike Bailey. That is going to be incredible. Let alone Alley Catch Charles Mason in a cage. Like, that is going to be some wild, wild insanity going on there. And then Motor City Michigan's Los Macizos. Like oh, even absolutely. even if the belts are not on the line, that's going to be a great match. Hell, the SATs versus uh, Los Macizos, that's going to be a great match. You can't go wrong this entire weekend what GCW has lined up. And if you are looking for a true alternative to what you see on Monday and Wednesday and Friday nights, here it is. Give it a chance, and definitely you'll be hooked because this card is both the weekend is loaded. Oh, yeah. Well, you want to speak about loaded weekends. By the way, uh, Fight TV, I remember I told you there's archive stuff coming up. Right this upcoming weekend, this past year's JT Lightning Invitational is being put up by AIW. It's just debuting, and then it will be on the service forever. So there you go, Uh, as much as a couple other shows. But there's one other live show this weekend. Going down on Saturday, March the 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this match, this fight is coming to you from Iowa. I wonder what happens in Iowa. There's there's a company that wrestles there. I might not. Oh, that's right. Wrestling Revolver presents Drip going down this Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you don't like, if you don't like GCW and the hardcore side, this is probably more up your alley if you're an AEW fan and and such. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. If you're looking for something to watch, uh, how how about this? First of all, if you're in live attendance, they have a whole bunch of people signing, but. That's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about what you can he- watch on Fight.TV. Mm-hmm. More specifically, Fight Plus. This is included on Fight Plus. Are you ready to talk about Wrestling Revolver Presents Drip? Always ready to talk about Revolver. Dude, in a Haas fight, we got Crash Jackson versus one called Manders. Enough said. <laughs> Enough. Enough watch, said. Watch this show. If you like <laughs> to see two big, beefy men slapping meat. Here you is, go. This is what it is. Haas fight is an understatement. In a first-time-ever match, Dan the Dad goes one-on-one with Dirty Dango. Oh, this is going to be incredible. There you go. For the CMLL World Historic Walterweight title, it's a triple-threat match as your champion, Rocky Romero, defends the title against the Firestarter, Jake Crist, and a man that you should never talk shit about, Lince Dorado. By the oh. way, if you haven't heard already, Lindsay Dorado said this is the last year he'll be wearing the mask. Really? He's going to unmask at the end of this year because he wants to do some different things. Okay. So 2023 is the last year Lindsay Dorado will be in a mask. Just throwing that out there as well. Next up, in a no DQ trios match, you have the Death Dolls. Rosemary, Taya Valkyrie, and Jessica taking on the unit. JT Dunn, Infrared, and Infrared with Phil Stamper in their corner. All that shit they were talking. Now they're going to have to take on yeah. the Death Dolls. In a first time ever match, Johnny Revolver, aka John Morrison, <laughs> takes on. Ready for it? You're sitting down, right? Yeah, yeah of course you are, because I'm looking at you. Ninja Kamikaze Mac. Get out. I swear to God, Johnny Revolver, Ninja Mac, first time ever at Drip. Oh, man, that's a must watch. The Revolver remix title will be on the line. 
as the the Wiley champion, <laughs> your champion, Alex Shelley. Yes. <laughs> and he has been Wiley. And of course, there's always a stipulation, but we don't find out about till night of the show. Now we don't because he doesn't announce it. As a matter of fact, he's been doing the same gimmick where he asks his opponent what they want and then nah, maybe something else. Uh, but anyways, his opponent for this will be the monster hunter, Matthew Palmer. Mm. So it's going to be a great shot. Yeah, that's going to be great. Now we get, which we've all come from, a triple threat match for the Revolver World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, the bu- 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 Bullet Club. Chris Bay and Ace Austin with Gia Miller in their corner will defend their titles against the Rascals team of Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz and SGC, Matthew Justice and the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, this is going to be insane, but this is going to be so amazing to watch. All right. Next up, we got two matches left, Ken. Okay. And this isn't even the main event. But for the Revolver World Championship, in an Iowa street fight, your champion, sneaking it in there, by the way, Steve Macklin, defending the belt against Rich Swan. Oh. This is escalated to an Iowa street fight. Okay. And in the main event of the evening, in an international dream match, Jonathan Gresham goes one-on-one with Kushida. I'll take my money now. <laughs> Just take it. So if you didn't think it was enough to get Fight Plus... Drip, yeah, drip on top of Game Changer Wrestling. What? That is that main event. I mean, hell, you could take like four of those matches and and call it the main event. It still goes over. Revolver is doing some really fantastic stuff. And yeah, I mean, where do you? There's so much content to watch. It's like where do you start first? But that's a great thing about Fight Plus. You can watch replays, so you can catch up on this. Yeah, you don't even have to watch it live. If you're watching something else, go back and watch the rest later. Yeah. Interesting, though. Great night. Great, great action this weekend. And we didn't even got to the main event. In the main event segment, we're talking AEW's uh, Revolution. So there's another gigantic weekend. I said I was a little slower this week, but it's not dead. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the review we have to do here in the mid-card. And, of course, Impact Wrestling was back uh, this past Saturday, the 20, or sorry, Friday, the 24th, uh, from Sam's Town Live in Sunrise Man in Nevada. We know it's still Las Vegas, but it's technically right outside of Las Vegas. technically. 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 And I know you're a big uh, Sam's Town Live is, is, is something. That you are uh, near and dear to you. Home away from home. There you go. Uh, one day we'll have to get out there for an impact show because I guess they run it a lot. Yeah, yeah. They they, they usually run there, and when Ring of Honor was uh, before TK, they used to run out of there. All right. So let's talk about No Surrender 2023. Uh, on the pre-show, we had two pre-show matches. Uh, interestingly enough, one of these ma- once again, this is the second month in a row where one of these pre-show matches I went why. Uh, so the first pre-show match was Giselle Shaw with Jai Vidal in, her, in, in the corner defeated Deanna Parazzo via pinfall in nine minutes and seven seconds. Oh, Parazzo goes down. Yeah. Remember when we were previewing this, we didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say big win. The other pre-show match, Jonathan Gresham defeated Speedball Mike Bailey in 11 minutes and one second. I mean, fight forever. I, I, I want to point this out, though. Why was that not on the main card? Yeah, I mean, I, I well, you know, I will, I will give Impact the benefit of the doubt. Because they always have great pay-per-views. But still, I agree with you. Like, with those two involved, you'd think it'd be on the main show, but that's how much faith they had in the in the actual main card. Well, there you go. Well, next up, we had the start of the show. And the start of the show, the man that used to be known as the Bullet Club Hunter, but is now probably more, I would say he's more known for being the uh, Violence is Forever Hunter. Yeah. Frankie Kazarian defeated Khan with Dean or Angels of Callahan in their corner. Nine minutes and 24 seconds. That's not because Violence is Forever didn't try to uh, uh, to interject. Yeah, once again, Kazarian does the Kazarian tricks and gets out of there. Mm-hmm. 
Next up, the Death Dolls, Jessica and Taya Valkyrie, def- uh, were in a t- tag team title match to defend their tag team titles. Ah, the Knockouts tag titles. Wow, I can't speak right now, Ken. I'm so excited. And uh, they were taking on the Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell. This match got eight minutes and 57 seconds at the end of the day. And still, your Impact Wrestling Knockouts World Tag Team Champions, the Death Dolls. Yeah, huge win for them. Don't mind seeing this get ran back, though. In a DOT combat match for the Digital Impact Championship, your Impact Digital Media Champion, Joe Hendry, and you believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Defended the title against Moose. This match got 12 minutes and 14 seconds at the end of the day, and still your Impact Digital Media Champion, Joe Hendry. By hook or by crook? Yeah, he's he's winning somehow. In a four-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact World Championship, and you called this right on the head. Steve Macklin defeated Brian Myers-Heath and PCO in 9 minutes and 18 seconds and is now your number one contender for the Impact World Championship. I will say this. Macklin is on fire right now, and I don't – I'm going to put it out there right now. I don't doubt him beating Josh Alexander. I'm just saying, since he's been with Deanna Perazzo, stepped his game up. Yes, he has. Next up, we had a six-man tag team extravaganza. The Bullet Club team of Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta defeated the Time Machine, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, and Kushida in 19 minutes and 4 seconds, and this was my match of the weekend. I love this match. Tremendous match. If you have not seen it yet, you need to go out of your way to see it. Yes, you do. Next up, for the Impact Knockouts World Championship, your champion, Mickey James, defending against the number one contender, Masa Slamovich. This match got 12 minutes and 19 seconds at the end of the day, and still your Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion, Mickey James. The tongue-biting thing was a interesting moment in I that I want to throw back a throwback, but with a new twist. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild, but great match. And in the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship, your champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, took on Rich Swan. This match got 25 minutes and 13 seconds at the end of the day, and still Impact World Champion, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Really dug this match. I want to say it was a great card overall. No title changes. Uh, it's one of their smaller pay-per-views, but no title changes, which was really shocking to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not complaining. I thought this was tremendous. No, I thought top to bottom, this was a really solid card. And I mean, when you have matches like Speedball and Gresham on in the pre-show, we always talk about like AEW should do something like this to get people to tune in to watch the pay-per-view. Impact plays is smart, and they have so much faith in their roster and what they do on the on the big stage that you can do moves like this and still fans are, are enough invested into the main card that nobody's complaining. You know, we're building the WrestleMania season. I do want to say that it's it's great to see the impact is hitting on all cylinders. Uh, I do believe that they are going to have their joint show in New Japan mm-hmm. during WrestleMania week. I'm not sure the date. I don't know if that's going to go on on Friday or Thursday. We'll let you know when we start to build towards that. As you heard last week, we'll be doing different shows uh, so you guys can get everything covered. It's going to happen over WrestleMania week because good lord, there's a lot going down. But uh, cannot wait for that. They're 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 definitely hitting on all cylinders currently. Yeah. With that, we're gonna take that's gonna take us out of the mid card. Ken, we're gonna take our final break before we come back with the main event of this week, six oh seven TWS, and we are gonna break down and talk about all elite wrestling, and we're more specifically gonna talk about the pay per view Revolution twenty twenty three right after this final. Great.
wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And before we jump in and talk about All Elite Wrestling's revolution, the Build to Revolution, and everything else to do with All Elite Wrestling to end the show, I wanted to bring up a little editor's note and a little reminder. And we've done this before. And because it, it, it does uh, appeal to AEW, I shouldn't say appeal, it does, it has, a, it's, it, there's, it's, AEW adjacent. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff on the internet. And I've been I've been taking sabbaticals. I'm still checking stuff out, but I've been taking sabbaticals as as Ken knows. It's better for my mental health. Yes. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. There's a lot of people out there complaining because the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, one, if you will, Dave Meltzer's company, uh, him and Brian Alvarez, have put out their year-end awards. Now, I know they put them out a little uh, later, but it is what it is. And once there's a lot of people either saying this vindicates everything because Tony Khan, four time years in a row, promoter of the year, three time booker of the year and all that happy jazz. And then there's a lot of people upset and pissed off. Now, first of all, it's designed to make you do that. It's designed Mm -hmm. for the fan base of Wrestling Observer to be excited because they vote on this. Yeah. And it's, it's also designed for you to click on their shit to get them money. That's how they make money, folks. Uh, I've said this for a while. So instead of getting pissed off and upset and sending and, and for once, because there's no need for death threats and things of violence yeah. and name calling, like vis- visceral name calling. You could not agree with somebody without visceral name calling them. Uh, just my opinion. Believe it or not, it does work. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of turning that at Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, and I know, like I said, it's not that I, you know, we're not friends. We don't have much common, but I'm not going to, and I and I don't respect the journalism of either man. We've talked about this in right. the past. It's not like it's a big secret, but as human beings, I don't ever want to see harm come to them. Right. It's not It's not something that I want to see or even them have to fucking defend their opinion. It's like me defending my opinion. An opinion is what we make. And, and, and when you're in the business of making content, of course, you guys are listening and you either respect our opinion or at least respect it enough that you listen and we thank you for that. And the same thing I would assume for the Wrestling Observer. Mm-hmm. If you don't like them and that's fine, it's an easy target and i know i've picked on dave in the past and brian in the past and that's fine but i've never taken it to the line where you know i've seen this visceral on the internet and here's what i'm going to tell you it is a poll that's voted on by them and their fans those are awards that are voted on by them it's AEW centric because the fan base of World wrestling observer are AEW fans mm-hmm. it's the iwc at large whether they're diehard fans of the company which some of them are or they're just people who hate wwe which some of them are that is the fan base. That is who pays them money. That is at the end of the day. Tony Khan isn't paying, and I've gone over this before. Tony Khan isn't paying Dave Melser and Brian Alvarez and company or even any other person to write nice things about him and give him awards. There's no cash changing hands that way. That's not how it works. He does give them inside information. He does allow them to be at press conferences and such. And that, in turn, for their listenership, who is pro AEW, gets them to pay the five, ten, whatever dollars a month you mm-hmm. pay to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. That is how they make their money, and that is perfectly a hundred percent fine. Doesn't mean you have to like the clickbait. Yeah, you know, SRS is famous for doing clickbait, especially this past week. <laughs> oh my god, dude, I had a little bit more respect for you from this past week, and then defending your journalism. Woo. And 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 they said that uh, <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, Ariel Hawani's unbiased, right? You know, or, or biased or whatever was intended. <laughs> Whew, this is fucking crazy over there. 
But it's going to be that way, folks. And Uncle Dave, even though he has been more vocal about some things he doesn't like in AEW, which I think is is finally his wrestling fan side coming out. And even though he's been vocal about like things that he likes in WWE, once again, it's this fanhood coming out. And that's perfectly fine. It is his honest opinion. When Dave is being a fan and a historian, that's the best Uncle Dave we're going to get. It's the speculation Dave and the company line man Dave who kind of gets in trouble. It's the same thing with, you know, the fans of Jim Cornette. It's mm-hmm. the same. By the way, the people who are in the cult of Cornette and the cult of the Wrestling Observer, I know they are on different wavelengths, but y'all act the fucking same. Just admit it. Just admit it. it. It's the Spider-Man meme where the point age. Yeah, just admit it. One goes, follows this guy, the other. But either way, the, the guys are showing you on a shit. Yeah. You know, at least in the case of Dave Meltzer, his wrestling fandom comes out and he can, you'll sometimes get the candid moments where he says something's really good or really bad based just upon his fandom. Mm. Whereas with Jim Cornette, you'll never get that. (laughs) It's all the time, 100% an act. He is a caricature. It's like Vince Russo. Anyways, I digress. So instead of getting upset and pissed off and sending hate mail to the Wrestling Observer or Brian Alvarez or Dave Meltzer, take it for what it is. It is a voted upon thing from Wrestling Observer with their opinions put in, and that is how they come up with it. That's it. It's just like the PWI 500. The PW 500, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated has a criteria that their their writers go by to pick the 500. If you don't agree with it, it's fine. But it's you can't hate somebody for fucking putting your favorite wrestler at number five or a hundred or whatever. Just the same way as you can't hate Dave Meltzer and, and Brian Alvarez for making John Moxley the wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It is what it is, folks. We, here at this show, when we did the Brodies, which we let you guys vote on portion of and give you guys a shout out, we give our opinion, and then we give an overall. We overall said up front that we said Roman Reigns was the wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. Anybody with two eyes knows that. But then we said, we're going to pick different wrestler of the year. So basically, we gave our second place vote. So that way, acknowledging that if you go by any fucking matrix, yeah. Roman Reigns is the wrestler of the year. Same thing in this case. It doesn't matter, though. I'm not mad at their fucking decisions. I'm not mad that Tony Khan's three years in a row, Booker of the year, four years in a row, promoter of the year. I disagree with it, mm-hmm. but I don't, it's not affecting my day. So folks, don't let it affect your day. Just don't. Just focus that energy on the 2023 Brodies, which will be coming up at year's end. Voting will go live Black Friday. There you go. And uh, I just want to also point out, the other thing you're not going to hear them go overly nice for WWE is because to this point, Wrestling Observer has not been invited to any of the press conferences. If you notice, SRS has mm-hmm. been in the house, but you ain't seen Uncle Dave or Brian Alvarez asking questions in those rooms. Yeah. So, and I don't think they're going to be. I don't think that uh, Triple H and WWE give a fuck about them, just like UFC doesn't let them in the building either. Mm. There's a reason why they cover AEW so strong, because it's when it's your only press portfolio you got to. Just throwing it out there instead of just being honest. As a matter of fact, I would say this. I think it's a detriment to any company who thinks that their backstage information from any company is a reason to put them over. They, you should be honest. But I understand making money and making clicks. Here, we probably could be smarter and make money in clicks. Oh, sure. But I like calling it right down the middle. Same. I like using the fact that I worked in professional wrestling and have a great understanding of business, in, in particular in wrestling, and the fact that I'm a fan. Dictate. So that's what you get here. That's what you guys listen to. And you should just know what you get on the outside. And it's not shitting on those gentlemen. Because believe it or not, that's just their philosophy and good on them. Not bitching about them at all. It's their world, but, you know, we have our business to take care of here. Let's talk about the promoter and booker of the year coming into this upcoming Sunday, 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 the March the 5th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do believe the pre-show starts at 7.30, and it's coming to you from the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. It's AEW's Revolution 2023. 
Um, this has just been a slot. Listen, for a guy who's Booker of the Year, <laughs> allegedly, yeah, uh, even allegedly. for their promotion, uh, this is a sloppy fucking build. Can we all just admit that? We've been talking about this for weeks now. Lackluster and sloppy. When we break these matches down, I'm going to talk about it even more. But I just want to get it out of the way. This is not a I hate AEW love fest. I want AEW to succeed. Mm-hmm. I always do because did you hear me before? Did you hear me before when I said, and I quote, it is good to have two major wrestling promotions because it's good for the fans because then we get the best product or should get the best product possible. And it's great for the wrestlers because they can leverage to make more money to ply their trade. I am for AEW and their success. I just don't think that they hit the head here with Revolution. No, you can definitely tell that they're not solely focused. I mean, look at the tweets that happened over Elimination Chamber. (laughs) <laughs> like, I think that was very telling. Like, if your focus is not 100% on your own product, it's not going to translate to the fans. That's my opinion. So as we record, this is a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And you guys are probably going to get this uh, Monday morning or late Sunday night, depending upon when I get out to you, because I'm going to see Cocaine Bear for a second time. Yeah, Talking about real life, because i got to take my kid to see it. And by the way, I've seen it twice. You should see it at least once. Yeah. <laughs> it's a phenomenal. It's a life-changing experience. Uh, I don't. I can't tell you because there is a winter storm coming. I can't tell you if we're doing 3FN on its normal day on Monday or if we're pushing it back until Tuesday, so I don't know. But check out this week's 3FN podcast whenever it drops, if you're hearing this before, because we're reviewing Cocaine Bear. You're going to want to hear that. It, you can't really spoil the movie, but we'll warn you for spoilers. If you're on the fence about it, trust me, you won't be afterwards. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> I digress. Let's talk about wrestling. Sure. So, Revolution going down. There's seven matches announced so far. I do anticipate a couple more matches, although I think they should stop here, uh, especially because they're going on a Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. People work on Monday. There's no holiday. And on top of that, they have an hour-long match from their main event. But I digress. We'll find out what they do. So are you ready to talk about this? Oh, yeah. First match we're going to talk about, six-man tag team extravaganza for the AEW World Trios Championships. Your champions, the elite, the, the Mm, elite. elite. Of course, that is the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson in the cleaner Kenny Omega taking uh, defending their titles against the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and in a surprise move, Buddy Matthews, who we thought was gone. So who do you got and why Kenem? It should have been the House of Black as the original champions. They have a chance to fix that. I'm saying and new because honestly, after the, in my opinion, deflating best of seven, I want to see a belt change. I want to see somebody new have the titles. And I think the House of Black has been very, very underrated for what they can do if you give them the belts. I think this is a perfect time to do it if you want to really inject some life in that division. Yeah, I, I'm... i Listen, I don't know, and it's nothing against the Elite. I just think that it still is looking, especially after everything that's happened, and then this, it was a very lackluster best of seven. Mm-hmm. You could call it. It was paint by numbers. There's going to be a match on this card that I think is also paint by numbers, Yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I I just don't. I think let's go in a fresh direction, see where we can go with the House of Black. Finally pushing the House of Black, giving them something to do. About although, damn time. Although I fear that the Elite will retain, I'm going to pick the House of Black because that's what I want to happen. However, knowing AEW booking, I'm pretty sure the Elite will retain. But hopefully I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about a match that I think is super lackluster and not paint by numbers. We'll talk about that later because it's a title fight. But this is a non-title fight. This is one of the few non-title matches on the card. As a matter of fact, only two non-title matches on this card other than, you know, pre-show or if anything gets added. And that, of course, is a singles match where the Ocho, Chris Jericho, will take on Ricky Starks. And, of course, Jericho Appreciation Society are banned from ringside. I want to talk about, before we talk about our picks, and mm-hmm. I want your opinion, and I know we were chatting on Wednesday night during Dynamite, mm-hmm. 
why the fuck did they do that horrible build to this? And by what I mean is we get a pointless 10 to 15 minute promo segment where Ricky Stars comes with an open contract for a revolution because he's not going to be bypassed, challenges anybody, which brings out Jericho, which once again, we all know this is going to happen. So there's no sense in doing it. Stops pretty Peter Avalon from coming to the ring, which now sets up a match on dynamite between Jericho and pretty Peter Avalon this Wednesday, folks, just so you guys know. And in the process, we just make Jericho for comedy's sake, but I didn't even think it was that funny, look like an idiot as he says, I might take this mic, but I'm not going to. You don't deserve to fight me. Oh, and then he kind of talks him into basically not only fighting him, uh, but then banning the Jericho appreciate, but I don't have a pen. And then they put in the pen and then there's fans like, oh man, they got a pen over. No, they didn't. It was a waste of fucking time. You could have just made the match in the back. You could have you know, put a real stake there. Why didn't they, in a, in a day and age where we saw some really good loser leave town matches, mm-hmm. why didn't we do like Ricky Starks? Like, Hey, I want to fight you loser, you know, fucking leaves AEW. I know that kind of telegraphs it, but I fully expect that Ricky Starks is winning this fucking match to begin with. So it doesn't really matter if you telegraph it at that point, it would make more sense. And it wouldn't have wasted 10 to 15 minutes of my time on dynamite. What are your thoughts about the build? <laughs> the build has been awful. I'm sorry. And, and you're exactly right. That if you want to call that a promo, segment, whatever the, the nonsense was, that did not connect. I'm sorry, you, you tried being too funny when it wasn't even funny at all. It just was a waste of time to do a match that we all knew was coming. And the only thing I'm fearing with this for reasons is, yeah, the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to be banned from ringside, but Action Andretti is going to turn on Ricky Starks costing him the match, and we have a new member of the JAS. Uh, I'm fearing this for reasons. Because this should be Ricky Starks all day. You have a bona fide superstar in the making that you should be really pushing because he can do promos. He can go in the ring. He has everything you want in a superstar. Why are you not moving him forward? And like I say, if you're going to have him in this program with Jericho, it's got to end at here and get him into a, a title program for the TNT title. Like, do something there. Well, I think you have to do something with Ricky Starks. I do not know when his deal is up. Right. However, I know he'll be courted by World Wrestling Entertainment. Oh, absolutely. And this is one of those things that you have to really – No pun relation, His relationship – with Cody Rhodes is going to be a detriment to keeping him in AEW. And the problem here is that that's what you have to start thinking about. Give him a reason to fucking stay. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm kind of getting to the shit or get off the pot. With the, that earlier thing we had in the beginning of the show in the opening contest, that is what's going to be not just for Kenny Omega, but for a lot of these guys. Show them why they should be staying. We need to see a better presentation for a lot of these guys who are going to be the guys that are on the fence, if you will, about coming back or going to the other side. Because once again, if they're not being used to their liking, and I'm not saying you have to be used the way you think you have to be used. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to be appreciated. And Ricky Starks is hitting home runs with the crowd. He's over. Why isn't he doing something more? And that's where you have to do it. So I'm going to side on the fact that they're going to do big, good business. Ricky Starks win. I do fear what you just said, because I think that's a possibility as well. But I hope they don't. I hope they start I to treat Ricky don't. Starks because if not, he's as good as gone as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good as gone, Hangman Adam Page is going to be taking on John Moxley in a Texas death match. First of all, BCC turning heel on Monday or Wednesday. Sorry, I said Monday. Reasons. I didn't get that. I don't get it. And then, uh, you know, somehow, you know, with with turning heel, Moxley going heel kind of in a way with uh, beating down and bloodying up uh, Evil Uno pretty good, only to get hit in the head one time with barbed wire in post-match and bleed all over the place, which I guess that's on brand. 
Yeah. I just don't. I, dude, I don't get it. I don't get why we have to have the one millionth Texas death match. I get it. He's got a heart on the bleed, and you guys have to do that so he won't wrestle for GCW anymore. But come on, man. Like, honestly, come on. And this is why I'm going to point to the fact he ain't the wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. He ain't better than Roman Reigns. But smart on Moxley. I'm going to say it again, and I know if you want to give me heat, that's fine. But I, I, I promise you this. The reason John Moxley, the ace of AEW, by the way, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a great wrestler. But there's a reason he stayed in AEW. Mm-hmm. That's because on AEW, he's the big dog. In WWE, he's the third best member of the Shield. Yeah. And that's not counting the other talent they have. That's just out of the group that he came from. The Shield, by the way, looking at the success rate of all their members, the three members, probably the greatest faction in the history of wrestling. Arguably, yeah. Because I would say even if he says he's the third best, Moxley's still damn good. Mm -hmm. But there's no way you can convince me he's better than Roman or Seth. No, you can't. I'm sorry. The eye test proves it. What do you want to prove? And if you're all into like the fact that he bleeds and then you shit on deathmatch wrestling, yeah, I got some problems with that because there's a lot of people uh-huh. out there. The, you know what? I've, I've seen way better deathmatches. I've seen Moxley in better deathmatches. I've actually seen better deathmatches than Moxley's done because Moxley's too scared to go that fucking far. Mm-hmm. Let him bleed. Let him go in there with John Wayne Murdoch. Yeah. Go ahead. Or Alex. There's a reason he dodged his ass. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he dodged Alex Colon. Because yep. he didn't want to do real death matches. He only likes to fuck around in that zone. If you think I'm lying, go ahead, John Moxley, and prove me fucking wrong. Yeah. Tell Tony you're going back and you're going to wrestle a fucking death match against jo- Alex Colon or John Wayne Murdoch mm-hmm. in a real death match. Don't yeah. fucking pussyfoot around shit. Let's go. Let's go. If you're going to be about that life. I have the feeling John Moxley's going to win this match because he, because they do the wrong thing with Hangman Page, and that's why you're going to kiss Hangman Page goodbye. Yeah, I would say depending on when Hangman's contract's up, I think this is his last match in AEW. I don't know when his contract's up, but I'm I don't tell know you either. What, but the, the, the counter is on till his contract's up. Whether it's this year, next year, whenever, the counter's on. Well, you I th- guarantee he's not staying. Oh, absolutely not. Because you think about when they started, he was supposed to be in that John Cena esque role, the top baby face of the company, and he has literally not been that for whatever reason. Well, the fans like him. Yeah. The fans cheer for him, but they treated him like a drunk. Then they treated him like an afterthought. It's it's terrible. Yeah, terrible. The, the only moment he had was when they did that long-term booking storyline with him and Kenny Omega, which he finally won, and then where did we go? Booker of the year, folks. That's the problem. So, the so this one, you now do a heel turn for your... I mean, is the BCC even a still thing? It is only a name only, but whatever. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. It doesn't matter because, you know, at the end of the day, Moxley is going to win. Hangman's done. If you do a heel turn, it's going to be great for Ring of Honor when that decides. I mean, I know they just did their taping, so I guess we'll see some more out of that. But, I mean, end game wise, I mean, it is it is what it is. Like I said, when you when you call something a death match, I watch deathmatch wrestling. So it doesn't really make me. Yeah. It's not something that makes my dick hard, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on, though, shall we, instead of shitting on the Texas Deathmatch. Uh, let's talk about um, the match that uh, I, I don't get the build to it, but I, sh- I think this will be a great match because it's two big meaty men slapping meat for the AEW TNT Championship. Your AEW TNT Champion, also your Ring of Honor World Television Champion, the king of television, the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe, taking on Wardlow. Now, the build to this match, not a fan of. But with the with the, with that being said, I think that you can overcome that because these two guys are gonna go out there and beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. I think we could have done without he cut my hair and it meant something to my dad and yeah and basically Joe being like fuck your daddy in not as many words but whatever. Right, but yeah. I just think that it wasn't needed. You could just say the title's on the line and there's two guys that don't like each other because they have a history and that's that. Yeah, but whatever. 
Taking the story aside, I think this is going to be a great match as far as two big dudes beating the piss out of each other. Yeah, this is the thing. With these two, you don't really need a storyline per se. Now, the question is, both belts are not on the line. No, just the TNT title. Oh, since the TNT title's on, yeah, Wardlow's winning. I, I think should, Wardlow should win. And now, in, and here's what I would say. If they were smart, then Samoa Joe wins to drop the belt in a program to Ricky Starks. Yeah. However, fully agree. However, I think it's going to go back to Wardlow, and God knows where we're going to go from there because now they've turned Will Hobbs face pretty much. So I don't understand why we can't get that monster heel versus monster face fucking program that we should have gotten one on one. I don't agree. Know. Yeah, I think we're going to chalk that up to missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Next is the match that I think is is going to be the paint by numbers overplay of the night from the Booker of the Year, and that, is, of course, is the AEW Women's World Championship match. Your champion, Jamie Hayter, defending against Soraya and Ruby Soho in a triple threat match. Let's be honest. Ruby Soho is turning. Soraya is going to walk out AEW World's Women's Champion because Tony Khan can't help himself. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> tell like... me I'm wrong. Anybody at home, tell me I'm wrong. And tell me after you watch Sky Blue versus Soraya and only her second singles match, why I, you would want her anywhere near your world women's world title, especially when you say it means something. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I the whole storyline build here has just been weird. Like, we had the random heel turn of Tony Storm and Soraya, and then the spray paint thing, and then... You want the explanation? I can tell you the explanation, and you'll get it right away. It's Tony Khan doing Tony Khan. I'm a wrestling fan who grew up on wrestling and 90s wrestling in particular. He's trying to recreate the NWO, but not in the right way. And he's trying to do it with the female wrestlers, them versus us. Think about it. The Outsiders. He can't use the name The Outsiders because WWE owns it. So he has to come up with a different name. So you have The Outsiders, the the, the people who just came here, like Soraya and Tony Storm and Ruby Soho and, you know, you know, Ember Moon or whatever she calls her, Athena. Oh, now. Athena. I haven't seen her on TV in a while, so I forgot what they're calling her. Well, these she's days. in Ring of Honor now. Yeah, so. well, she's the Ring of Honor champion, but yeah. we still haven't seen her. We've seen fucking Claudio. Yeah, true, true. And no, we've I... seen other Ring of Honor talent, Samoa Joe. Anyways, I digress. So my point of the matter still stands. Shit, I haven't seen the TBS champion in forever. <laughs> so I don't even know where Jade Cargill is. Uh, missing warnings. People, people, let me know. Let Just me know. wrestled on Rampage. Not too long ago, because I think she's 51 and uh, oh no. Yeah, but she should be a lot higher than oh, that. Oh, I she agree. She should be more featured on television. We've talked about this in the past. But yep. let me get on continuing. So that's all he's doing. He's taking parts of the NWO, not the good parts, and he's recreating in this women's division. So there's the spray painting. There's the outsiders versus the homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. That's all he's doing. And that's what he do- and that's fine as a wrestling fan, but it's not working when you don't do it right. And for people who think that's a genius move, it's not, because you don't own the rights to any of that shit. It's the same thing we've seen him do time and time again with other storylines. Don't tell me it's wrong. People out there can explain it, but that's why I'm telling you. Ruby Soho will turn during this match, join the Soraya in uh, fucking Tony Tony Storm Storm faction, which I don't even know if it has a name yet, and that's where they'll go, and she'll be the world champion because that's where they'll go. This is, and I'm sorry, I'm glad she's back in the ring. Mm. I think she needs more time. Yeah, I agree. She has two, you know, when Britt couldn't get a match out of her, although I blame the company more because they gave them too much time. It should have been a shorter match. Mm. But when Britt couldn't get a match out of her, I'm like, okay, first match back. In the tag match, she was okay because limited time in the ring. You can tag out. That match against Sky Blue this past week was just terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I felt bad for Sky Blue. Yeah. 
And nothing against the Ram, but she's had a lot of time off. Mm-hmm. And also, sorry, fans, she's not Paige in her prime. Mm-hmm. She's older now, and she's been injured for years. Guys, and I'm not saying she's old. Right, right, right. But but we're not talking about Paige in her prime age. Mm-hmm. Everybody, as they go on, especially with injuries, is not going to be the same. Right. I'm sorry. It just isn't happening. Edge, as great as he is, is I still don't think old. that he's the edge of old. Right. He does a lot of great shit, but he's definitely... Brian Danielson, another great example. I think he's great, but we know he's he, he, de- he purposely, which is good for him, limits himself, is my point. So you're going to have the same effect. And so making her your world champion with this weird NWO statement, don't get it. Yeah. When you should be putting over the, you should have done it the other way around. Put over the homegrown talent because you're just doing what everybody's accused you of. And maybe that's what his move is. Maybe he's going meta on us and going, oh, you guys have accused me of bringing people in. So let's do that. No, no, no. That's not how it works. That doesn't fix the problem. And that doesn't move your base because your base is not going to give a fuck. Just throwing it out there. I just hope it's not like Britt Baker's the one that does the turn. Yeah, that could be worse because that could be the Hogan move. That's what I kind of say with that. If that happens, then you know, you heard it here first. That was the Hogan move. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it's paint by numbers. You know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, and I'm exactly. Not, and I'm not with it because I think Jamie Hayter's a hell of a champion, and I think she's somebody who could build your women's uh, fucking revolution around. Yeah, no, she is. I mean, I will say, I wasn't the biggest fan of her when she came in, but she's won me over because she's put the work in. We got two matches left of the announced matches. Let's get to them. Four-way tag team match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. Your champion, the Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, defending the titles against the former champions, the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. As of last week's Battle Royal, now Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett for reasons. And, of course, the winner of this upcoming week's Casino Tag Team Royale will be in the the mix. And uh, let's just put it this way. A lot of people are thinking FTR. I don't know if it's FTR. Um, they they gave them they granted them going home. This is what I was talking about icing. Why you're icing the FTR even though they wanted it was a dumb move because all signs point to them leaving. Mm-hmm. You should have been milking them for what they were worth while they're there putting over all your young tag teams. They did, and I think that the FTR saw that, and that's why they went. Well, I'd rather go home. Yeah. And Tony's like, oh well, I'll let them go home, and then they'll come back. No. So to bring them back in this match, what are you going to do? You're going to have them lose, obviously. I don't see them winning. Mm-hmm. So it makes no fucking point to put them in the match. Yeah. Although, once again, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal was not the pick I would have made either. Listen, this company needs to figure out if we're pushing young talent and creating new stars or if we're just giving up. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, this is a situation where Top Flight should have won. I agree. Not not just Top Flight, but just one of the teams that could have won. Why? Young, up-and-coming tag team, let's push them. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a perfect opportunity to have a tag team like Aussie Open win, who is talked about around the world. Maybe they don't win the belts at the pay-per-view, but they win this match. They're in there, so it's respectable to have a respectable tag team there. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have, you know... I, I'm glad that the like the the Lucha Bros didn't win. They've already had enough runs with the tag titles. They don't need it. But if you're looking for prestige, they'd make better sense. Right, well, you know, but why aren't we pushing these young tag teams? If that's the reason we have the guns as champion, which is kind of what they're leaning, what they're kind of what uh, Tony's been insinuating is why he pulled that trigger, mm-hmm. and the acclaimed who's fucking over, which there's no problems with them being champions, which I don't understand why they ever lost the belts. If that's the reasoning, why not have two young teams in there and let's have the young team fucking four way and and put somebody over as that team. How sad was it when you and I were watching on Wednesday and we couldn't even we we honestly forgot about how many teams were on the roster. Half the people in that in that rumble, I was like, they still have a job there. Yeah, this is a situation that 
I, I agree with you. I don't understand why we took the belts off the acclaimed in the first place. I don't see them winning here. I see the mystery team, whether it's going to be top flight getting added in the mix, which I think they should do, or if they go for some kind of crazy hook and uh, jungle boy or, you know, like that pairing in there to just put them in and give them belts. Like I could see something weird like that happening, but I think whoever the fourth team is that gets added this week is the ones winning. Yeah, maybe. Like I said, if, if it is FTR, because it could be. It could be. If it is FTR, I don't see them winning because why would you put your tag belts on the people you didn't put your tag belts on when you should have? Right, I don't think And it's on top of that, I'm pretty sure they're gone. I'm pretty sure the, the it's weird. If they decide to come back, it's the weirdest decision to come back ever. That means they either got offered the most money that they could ever stand mm-hmm. because it doesn't sound like either of them are happy. Yeah. I mean, did you see the shots that they took at the Wrestling Observer Absolutely. Newsletter? Absolutely. And, and both of them were involved in that. So I don't think either of them are happy where they currently are. I'm just saying. Let's talk about the main event now. 60-minute Ironman match for the AEW World's Championship. Your champion, MJF, defending against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. One hour. My first question, and I, we posed this already, is can MJF work an hour? That's a big X factor. Because here's my problem. For all the people out there that are huge MJF fans, I want to point this out to you. He's never been known for his work ethic. Now, mind you, he could go out there and put on a show and prove us all wrong, and I'm hoping that's the case. Mm -hmm. However, if he doesn't, this is a big gamble. This is a huge gamble because the storyline built for this has not been the best. It's almost a blueprint formula from what we've seen before. Opponent has to wrestle five times before he gets to the title shot for reasons. Then something weird happens at the title match. In this situation, Brian Danielson is a great opponent for him because if you really are going to test him to see if he can go for 60 minutes, who better than Danielson? The only thing I fear is this is so much in Danielson's forte, he's going to show up MJF badly. Well, he's going to show up MJF regardless because he's a better wrestler. Right, but even to like the point of this is on your big stage pay-per-view, I see him going above and beyond the call to outshine him. Well, the problem is he's there to legitimize MJF. Right. And I'm with you. The problem is he's going to outshine him regardless because he's the better wrestler. Right, right. But And that's not a good thing. It's, uh, put it this way. This is the WrestleMania 11 all over again. Yeah. Shawn Michaels versus Diesel. Shawn Michaels was there, supposedly, like this whole point of what they wanted him to do was to legitimize Diesel as the world champion in his first WrestleMania title defense. Mm-hmm. What he did do is he went out there and stole the show and proved why he should be the champion, which was definitely done by himself on purpose. Kevin Nash knows that. He's not mad about it. But once again, that is what's going to happen here. Yeah. Brian Danielson is known to be a politician. Uh, that's that's facts, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask Eddie Kingston. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a reason why Eddie Kingston, he's on that list for Eddie Kingston. Uh, but here's the thing. I think he's going to go out there. He, he does business. He's the man. But he's going to go out there like his trainer, Shawn Michaels, and show why he should be the AEW World's Champion. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he's booked to go over. I mean... It would be weird to do all this build with MJF and then to take the title off him in his first major title defense. I understand he defended the title against Ricky Starks on, a, on Dynamite. That doesn't count. This is the first pay-per-view that we're seeing MJF. If he is your future and he's the guy you strapped the rocket ship to... I think you have to let him hold the belt. Oh, I agree. Like the move is MJF has to win. Oh, absolutely. They're painted. They're booked into a corner. Yeah. If 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 Danielson wins, that means MJF is no longer viable. Uh-huh. You've just killed it. 
I'm, I'm being dead serious. I agree for with all you. those people out there that are going, you know, but you didn't. You said the opposite about Sami Zayn. No, no, no. Sami Zayn is over, so he's going to continue to be over. That's what people fail to understand, and and that's the with or without a belt that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Owens is a perfect example of that. He's over. Okay, so the problem is MJF is on this fine line of we put the belt on him, we shoot him to the moon, and if he doesn't hit the moon. And we, at any given time, he doesn't hit the moon or we yank him back. It's detrimental. It is big time detrimental. And that is a problem. That is a big problem. So you've booked yourself in the corner. He has to beat Danielson, but he also has to prove this this legitimizes him as a champion. We're going to find out. There's a lot of, I don't know if I would have done that moments in this match. Oh, I agree with you completely. And, but I think that this is going to be a very telling sign because let's face it, since he's had the belt, what has he done with it? That's, I mean, this is the question that, they have to realize moving forward with him because they really haven't done a lot. It's been a lot of the same old storyline repeats. So now you're in a situation where if you take the belt off him, you're right. You bury him. Like I know we don't like using that word. Oh, correct. But in this situation, where do you go from here? Otherwise, because you've now said you gave him everything that the fans were saying that that you should have done. Give him the belt. Let him run with it. If you take the belt off him now, He's as good as gone as that contract's up. I'll fully say that right well, now. Well, maybe not. Once again, you got to remember how much interest does WWE have in him. Well, that's going to be another factor. Currently, currently speaking, a lot of people are happy about his promo work. But I'm telling you, as a, somebody who did promos, I'm I'm not seeing the. And you know, if you like it, that's fine. Art's subjective. But I'm just telling you, I'm not seeing great promos from MJF like everybody else is. So I don't understand. No, as of, as of late, they've not been to yeah, the top. So tier. I don't, I don't, I don't get what's going on. I don't. I, I, it's, it's a strange world. So you don't know where WWE stands on that. Also, he's had a little bit of problems. Mm-hmm. So you never know. WWE might be like, he's not worth the fucking headache, especially if we can lift Kenny Omega. Yeah. Like, I really think his thing is due upon who they can get when they can get them. If WWE pulls the heist and they get themselves Ricky Starks, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, FTR, in the next year. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck do we need MJF? Yeah. And they have the female MJF and and, uh, Tiffany Stratton. Yes. So why do we need that? We still have the grown-up version, if you will, in The Miz. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, and I know a lot of people shit on The Miz, but let's be honest, that is the trajectory for for fucking MJF. Yeah. So if, and I'm not saying, I'm not dissing on him. I still think he's a talent. I just think oh, he's a, very talented. I think he, need, he needs to be, he's rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that he's not going to get rounded or sanded down in AEW currently. Yeah. And I don't understand their philosophy with this because the smart move here would have been never to put him in the ring with Brian Danielson in an hour long match on his first major pay-per-view defense. You should have gone with a story that was already built in with Wardlow. Mm-hmm. You should have just moved the belt off of Wardlow, had the little smattering that they did for Samoa Joe, not go back to it and just have Wardlow then go, "Hey, last time I fought you, I squashed you and power bombed you like 16 times." Yeah. So that means I'm in line for a title. And then they could have done the, st- the dumb fucking labors of Wardlow again cuz that's yeah. what they that's the only storyline they have for MJ for mm. whatever reason, for whatever reason. No, you're right. So when when fans are like, oh, well, you know, it's not fair to say he cuts the same promo. No, it might not be fair to say he cuts the same promo, but it's the same cadence. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact fucking, okay, well, now you want to fight me. Uh, I'm the prize at the end of the tunnel, so therefore you have to earn the right to fight me. You're going to have labors of whatever, and then you're going to finally earn the right to fight me, and then we're going to have a little shit talking in between, and then we're going to have the match, and it's either going to go over like gangbusters or it's going to be the shits. Take your pick. Yeah. 
That's that is the MJF storyline arc, okay? And it's the same one over and over again. Is that MJF's fault? No, that is the Booker's fault. 110%. But once again, for those of you who think he's the greatest Booker alive, I'm poking holes in a lot of his shit. Yeah. They should have gone with Wardlow because then he beats and gets his win back from Wardlow. It's a good match that you can build to. You can keep it 15, 20 fucking minutes. Mm. Have Wardlow lose, which doesn't hurt Wardlow. He was in the title match. He's They're one and one. They're going to have to have a rubber match at some point. And it gets them past that first title defense. And then maybe you move on at a double or nothing to a Brian Danielson, or if you think he's ready, or you move on to somebody else, like a John Moxley for a title defense again, or a hangman Adam Page. You putting him in there with a fucking technical wrestling god, if you will, yeah. who definitely is going to want to show out and show up, whether he's winning or losing. Mm-hmm. And this is a make or break moment for your champion because really the story here is to it, or it should be at least, the story here is to prove your champion deserves to be champion. Yeah. I'm not saying he has to win by, you know, you know, he doesn't win by nefarious means or he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to win clean, but you still have to prove that he deserves to be in there with Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And at this point in juncture, I don't think that they've ever proven that with him. And that's nothing against him. Maybe he surprises us all. We're watching this Iron Man match and he has his epiphany moment and we go, oh shit, he's a tremendous wrestler. We just haven't seen that yet. So I'm saying you should have protected him a little more and insulated that. Yeah. This is a match that you should have done at like all out. Oh, I agree. Like, Not to mention this BCC drama where it looks like they're heels. Well, MJF is the heel. Brian Danielson's technically in the BCC. Oh, God. So how is he going to be a face when everybody around him has basically gone heel in the last two weeks out of nowhere? Oh, there's gray areas. No, 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 no. When when what happened with the over-as-fuck Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta with Cesaro, mm-hmm. you made them heels. And at the end of the night, Evil Uno, over he gets bleeding like a stuck pig, and then the faces come out to a pop to run them off. Oh, I hope they don't do something like the BCC interferes to help MJF because of reasons. They might. They might. That would be – but you know what? That would be on par for them, and that would be the booking. So as a matter of fact, I, I will say that is probably the likely thing to happen, that the uh. that, that Moxley uh, and Claudio and fucking Yuta cost Brian Danielson the match, and now they're a faction with – MJF. MJF. So instead of the Blackpool Combat Club, they can be the Ally Combat Club or whatever the fuck they want to call them. Pinnacle 2.0. I don't know. Oh. But I bet you that happens. It sounds the that's the laziest booking you can do. Sounds about on, on brand. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. If you have a problem with that, I'm sorry, but it's true. If that happens, I'm going to be so fucking disappointed, but I'm going to come out in here and gloat like the cat that ate the fucking canary. The way you should win is just like a cheap win at the oh, end. Oh, he should he should get a cheap win, like a you know, roll up holding tights or something like but that. But I'm tired of him jumping faction to faction. Well, like we build what... faction to faction around him. He was he so dude was in JAS. Well, sorry, not JAS. No, he no. was in the inner circle. He was in the inner circle before the pinnacle. Because remember, he joined that's why he fought Jericho at the pay-per-view, because after he beat Jericho, he got to join the inner circle. Then him and Wardlow left the inner circle to join the Pentacle, which set up the Pentacle uh inner circle thing. Then he was for a flash minute in like what was that group? He The Firm. Yes, the firm. Mm-hmm. Which well, that was fucking weird. Yeah. And still now, made no sense. now now Regal had put his stamp on him, so that's your built-in storyline for BCC. Then let alone the Cody faction way back when. Oh, yeah, way back when the Cody faction that he was partially Five. in. Five. Yeah, so dude's been in a ton of fucking factions. And he and it's the same thing. He's in them for a little bit, and then they fizzle, fizzle away for nothing. Yeah. Like, the inner circle was already established, mm-hmm. so it didn't matter. But Pentacle, that fucking just fizzled away. Nobody knows what the hell happened there. 
No, they were just <laughs> <laughs> just disappeared. One, one day, they were just gone. Yeah, and like, then it's the same thing with the firm. I mean, the firm technically is still there, but what are they really doing? Yeah, I mean, it's now just, what, Morrissey and um, Lee Moriarty and Ethan Page. Well, that is going to do it for the Revolution yeah. Talk. So next week, we'll be re- reviewing Revolution. We'll be reviewing the Game Changer Wrestling Shows. We'll be talking about uh, Wrestling Revolver. So we got a lot of great wrestling action to talk about. And we, of course, are on the road to WrestleMania. So there's always good wrestling news out there. Well, before we go, though, Ken, I'm telling the fine folks one more time how to find yourself in the ODPH podcast. Keep it very short and very sweet, odphpodcast.com. And for me and the 3FN podcast, it's 3FNpodcast.com. That brings us to the end of the show. Until next week, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, wrestling fans! If you take my Top ropes, one, two.